Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Epic Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Meekham, and in the studio with us today, very happy to have Laura Holtrip-Cole. She's one of our public health nutritionists within the Epic program at the Utah Department of Health. Thanks for joining us today, Laura. Thank you for having me. Really great to have you in here. Tell us a little bit about your background and your work at the Department of Health and within the Epic program. So as the public health nutritionist, I work around food access, which that means I like to claim all food things, um, but I try to help people eat healthier kind of on a broad scale. Okay. So kind of the high level, let's help make everybody healthier through nutrition. Right. Just okay. by walking in a cafeteria, maybe I can help them be healthier. By making better choices, right? By making better choices by how it's set up. or And it's yeah. good timing because here we are in March and March is National Nutrition Month, right? It is. Every March, it comes around and it's National Nutrition Month. There's a lot that goes on, different things in play as a part of that because it's such a broad scope. But I always wonder kind of what people think if they're even aware that it is a nutrition month. And if they are, what does it mean? Is that just like, okay, it's March, it's National Nutrition Month, it's time for me to go on a diet. Is that, that what it means? That is exactly not what it oh. means. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, but thank you for asking. Um, yeah, and, and you make a good point. Um, National Nutrition Month is probably just a little bit more popular than National Dietitian Day, which is, <laughs> you know, up there, right? Yes, indeed. <laughs> Coming up, right? Right. But um, no, um, what we're learning more and more in the research is that diets are one of the strongest predictors of weight gain. So when people say diets don't work, it's true. It's the opposite of what you want to do. They'll work short term. They will work short term. But the long term results are not going to be what you really want. Exactly. You get this. Um, if, if you could draw a graph, you would get this like, okay, you drop in weight, but then oftentimes you'll gain back what you lost and even more. And so you have this upward trend. Um, and we should probably kind of define what we're talking about when we say diet. So there's two definitions of diet. One is just your general intake of food. So what you're eating in a day. Um, when we say, let's eat, have a healthy diet, that's what we mean. Right. But when we're talking about diets that don't work, we're talking about those restrictive diets Yes. Um, when you're trying to lose weight. Because we always hear, what's the best way to lose weight if that's what you want to do? Well, diet nutrition. That's the proper yeah. meaning of the word. Yes. I think when we talk about the different kinds of diets out there, I think that what comes to mind is the Mediterranean diet or paleo or whatever mm -hmm. happens to be the rage at the moment because it always seems to change. Right. And if really, if one of them worked and worked well, they mm -hmm. wouldn't come and go. Right. If they were really successful and if mm -hmm. it really was a long-term solution, mm -hmm. then a particular diet wouldn't come, be really popular, and then go away. You're right. Yeah, it wouldn't be the fix, the miracle fix. <laughs> and if it was, we would all know about it and we would all be doing it. Right. I love that you mentioned the Mediterranean diet because that's really a misnomer. Mm -hmm. The Mediterranean diet is a pattern of eating that has shown to be quite effective in just helping people live healthier, longer lives. Not necessarily losing weight, but being So healthier. it's more of a philosophy than it is eat this, don't eat that, eat this much of this and that much of that. Exactly. Of there really aren't rules within the Mediterranean Yeah, because generally when I hear the Mediterranean, it's actually in a positive light most of right. the time, right? Right, right. So I think it should be called the Mediterranean lifestyle. <laughs> That's I like that. But when you hear something like oh, there's so many other diets, Atkins or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, there's uh, a ton of these other diets out there and it's not that one's any better than the other. It's just that that is not – 
going to be a long-term solution if what it is you're trying to do is lose weight. That's exactly right. And really what it comes down to is the restriction and feeling like you're restricting yourself. And so a lot of times that means people are chronically hungry or they're always trying to, you know, say no, say no, say no. Where as soon as you tell your daughter that they can't have that piece of pie, that's all she wants, right? Of course. And that is why in my life, I have never tried a specific diet because <laughs> Good for it, you. just knowing my personality, the second you tell me I can't have it, that's exactly what I'm going to go have, right? That's exactly right. Yep. So I think that my approach, I hope is the right one. You tell me, mm-hmm. is I just try and keep everything in moderation and the really bad stuff I try and restrict as much as I can. And maybe once a week or something, I'll splurge. Yeah. And I think it's exactly, yeah. You want to really look at the big picture. Maybe you've heard of the 80-20 rule. I haven't. You haven't? I haven't. Tell me about it. We talk about how rules are bad, but um, (laughs) no, basically it's an idea that 80% of the time you're making healthy choices and 20% of the time maybe you're grabbing that cookie or you're having the white bread instead of the whole wheat bread and, and not worrying about it. But the idea is you stand back, most of your diet is high quality and healthy. And I think the other upside of that is just human nature. If you know you can, but you shouldn't, and you're really trying to be good, you're genuinely Mm -hmm. trying to do the healthy thing for your body to make the good choice, that might enable you to just not even do the 20%. I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to make it 5%, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But if you tell me I can't, then it's going to become 50%. Yeah, there's a really popular way of eating called intuitive eating, uh-huh. which is quite an old idea. It's from the 90s. Um, two dietitians put it together. Because so long ago. I know. <laughs> <laughs> decades. Decades Indeed. ago. Yes. Um, you're showing your age. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but they were getting frustrated because their clients weren't losing weight and they weren't able to listen to their diet advice. And so they developed this new idea of just kind of having peace with food and eating when you're hungry and kind of relaxing rather than being restrictive. I like that. That's, I think, the ideal way to approach this, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, there are some people who may not have the same choices because, you know, they might live in a place where all these nice foods aren't available or they don't have the economic resources to eat the way they want to. I think that can be a problem for people, right? Definitely, definitely. And actually, um, intuitive eating just isn't an option for people who don't have regular access to food or at least healthy food. It's not that they are self-restricting their diet, but for circumstances out of their control, their diet is restricted because they cannot buy the food that is healthy or that they want. So they find themselves in that deprivation mode, not by any conscious thought or action that they took. That's just what they have. Exactly. Those are their options. Exactly. And that's why a lot of people who struggle to buy food are more overweight than people who have healthy access to food. And that's because When they get food, they don't know when they're going to eat next. And so they often tend to overeat just to survive. Not only that, but you go into the store and if you've only got a couple dollars, you're going to buy by quantity, not quality, right? Right, right. Yeah. And people who um, have trouble affording food often don't have a lot of time to spend preparing food, which is usually the less expensive food requires preparation. And if you ever think about if you walk into the grocery store when you're really hungry, are you set up to make 
healthy decisions, you're going to grab that quick energy. And if that's how you're living. Not um, me. I'm perfect. I will. Oh, I'll, oh yeah, I'll okay. Make that Everybody right except every you. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so they're just kind of living under more stress, which also yeah. adds to the difficulty. It's kind of a sad statement that we have people in that situation, but it does make the point of how important it is for us as a society and as a state and as local communities to try and improve the economic situation of everybody, to try and lift them out of that circumstance so that they don't have to go to the grocery store and decide, do I want a full tummy or do I want to eat healthy? Exactly. That's just tough. Nobody should be in that situation. And that's what we should strive to and work to as a society to try and eliminate that from being a problem. Exactly. So let's say that I am trying to observe National Nutrition Month Mm -hmm. and I want to go out there and I know I don't want to be on a diet, the bad kind of diet, Mm -hmm. but I still want to make good choices, but maybe I don't know the right choices to make. Yeah. What would I do? Well, what I would suggest is to contact a registered dietitian nutritionist. That's mouthful. That sounds cool. (laughs) You could talk to your doctor about getting a referral. Okay. But when you're seeking nutrition advice, it really is important to go to the experts. Dietitians have lots of training and experience and continued education. So you can really trust them because there's so much confusing information out there and it's hard to know what's true. So we don't necessarily have to go see a doctor. It's not like we need a referral to see a dietitian. Perhaps one of the upsides of asking your doctor is he might know a good dietitian, but you can go directly to a dietitian if you have one. If I don't, and I don't necessarily want to go talk to my doctor to find one, is there a way that I can do that? Definitely. EatRightUtah.org has a pretty extensive list of dietitians in Utah. That's easy. Um, Yep. But really, um, as long as they have RDN at the end of their name, a lot are on social media even today that you can find. Um, That should work. Sounds great. Well, Laura, it's been fun having you in. Thanks for coming in and chatting with us about National Nutrition Month. And I look forward to having you back and chat more about nutrition and the work that you're doing within the EPIC program. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. 